Is Sao Paulo just the dull, uninteresting sister city to Rio? Or is it an exciting and dynamic place to visit? Join me as we find out. I'm Gary Bembridge and this is Tips for Travellers, the global travel destination podcast. Each month a new destination is featured with recommendation, advice and tips based on the first-hand travel experience I gain from the two to three times a month I travel all over the world. You may also want to check out the Tips for Travellers video podcast, a sister podcast which features videos I've made of hotel rooms or attractions with commentary and recommendations linked to the destination featured each month in this audio podcast. To find out more, visit tipsfortravellers.com. For travellers is spelt with two L's, the UK way, or email me at gary at mytravelreviews.co.uk. You can subscribe to one or both of the podcasts by searching for Tips for Travellers or Gary Bembridge on iTunes or your favourite podcast directory. Depending on whom you listen to or where you're reading it, Sao Paulo is either the third biggest city in the world or the fifth based on population. No matter which it is, the mere fact that it is right up there near the top was a huge surprise to me, and perhaps it is to you as well. For unlike the others in the top, like New York and Tokyo, it does not seem to get the sort of publicity that those cities do. This, as I will discuss later, may be due to the fact that Sao Paulo is not really on the global tourist circuit. I had never thought of Sao Paulo as one of the mega-cities of the world, but found that with at least 11 million people in its metropolitan area, it is the biggest city in the southern hemisphere. It is, of course, well known for the terrible traffic jams, and now knowing that it's one of the biggest cities in the world helps to explain that to me a bit more. The traffic can be quite terrible. It can mean a simple eight-block journey can take up to an hour and a half, as it did for us on this trip one evening in a bus going to dinner. On my first short trip to Sao Paulo last year, I was remarkably underwhelmed by the city and found that the traffic issue was annoying and irritating, and I saw the city as just being a collection of mediocre tall buildings that all seemed to be beige. I assumed it was the duller and less good-looking sister to the exotic and vibrant Rio, a relatively short hop away by air. However, in the interim, I had been talking to colleagues from the city who had such a passion that I decided on my next visit I really needed to make more of an effort to see the city that they were all so excited about with new eyes. Sao Paulo seems to be very much a nighttime city and is proud of its exciting and varied evening fare. There are at least 12,000 restaurants offering over 52 different types of cuisine from all over the world. Part of the reason for this huge diversity is because the size and scale of the city, but actually, more fundamentally, the difference reflects the makeup and history of this buzzing city. The various waves of development that created Sao Paulo meant that it saw influxes of many different cultures from all corners of the globe. While Brazil's main language is Portuguese, reflecting the most dominant country in developing Brazil, there are actually more people of Italian descent, 5 million, than of Portuguese descent, 3 million, in the city. The city also unexpectedly has the largest number of Japanese outside of Japan, some 1 million people. 
The diversity of population really harks back to the late 19th century when piles upon piles of immigrants arrived from Italy and Japan, largely to work on the huge coffee plantations. Once the coffee industry more or less plummeted in the early 20th century, people were forced to switch to commerce. Today, as a result, Sao Paulo is one of the most important financial centers in Latin America and the world for that matter. Another fact showing the diversity is that this is the home for more German companies outside of Germany than any other city in the world. It has, of course, also become an important part of the world circuit for not only the Formula One Grand Prix, but now also the Sao Paulo Fashion Week. This is among the most important in the world for emerging fashions. These latter facts are not a surprise to me, as without a doubt Brazil is really a place to see beautiful and stylish people. I'm not sure if the glorious weather all year round is the cause, so people are always wearing skimpy summer clothes, and so make sure they are well toned and trim, as their bodies are always on display, or if it's partly genetic, you do see very attractive toned and the beautiful set all around you in Sao Paulo. Designer fashion labels are though surprisingly expensive and I found the clothes were incredibly costly, I guess due to the import duties and exchange rates as well. This is definitely not a city to stock up on hot new fashions as a traveller. This is also a city of extremes. Sao Paulo is so affluent that it contains so many heliports and use of helicopters that is ranked among the top three cities in the world for this. But it also has a great deal of poverty and a seedier side to it. For example, when you enter the country and also when you check into your hotel, there are posters and leaflets about the problems of child sex tourism, which the state is trying to tackle. You also notice as you drive around the residential areas that all apartment blocks and homes have high fences, electric gates and windows are covered with bars. Personal security is an issue in the city. Many of the residential streets also have small security booths where privately hired security guards can sit and keep watch on the streets in the evenings. But with these extremes in mind, what are my tips for travellers to Sao Paulo? Tip number one is about the best time to visit. Sao Paulo has glorious weather, although by Brazilian standards, locals would say it is actually a bit cool and gets too much rain. But in reality, any time of the year is fine, as the temperature hardly varies across the year and averages between about 21 degrees Celsius in midwinter July and up to 28 degrees Celsius in January, February. The wettest time of the year is midsummer, which is from November to February. I visited now in both July, winter, and February, summer, and both were great. Summer is the best time to visit if you can, though, as most of the festivals take place, and of course carnival takes place in February. This is quite something. They're not as famous or as flamboyant as the renowned one in Rio, but it is great, and the city really parties. Prices of hotels, of course, do rocket at that time. My second tip is around getting there. Many of the major European and US airlines fly direct to Sao Paulo with regular schedules, and in recent years, frequency has increased a lot. For example, British Airways used to fly there from London about three or four times a week, and now flies there at least once a day. One limiting factor, though, seems to be the Brazilian air traffic control, who seem to be fairly inflexible and subject to disputes and delays. There are restrictions, for example, about how many aircraft can be in Brazilian airspace at any one time, and this does and can generate delays. 
Getting in and out of Sao Paulo through the main international airport, Guralos, can be very long-winded and unpleasant. The airport is old-fashioned, dated, and cannot really cope with the some 33 million passengers that pass through it now each year. It usually takes a good while to get through the rather unwelcoming and rather abrupt immigration. Then it's difficult to retrieve your cases as there's so many people bustling around, the luggage belts crammed into the space, and then you shuffle through a very slow, cumbersome customs line. As the United States imposed a visa requirement onto Brazilian visitors after 9-11, Brazil responded by requiring all US passport holders to have a visa, and so that's not only important to remember, but does cause some problems. It is such a frustratingly slow process to get through the airport. Largely, it seems to me that they're just not geared up for the volume and, and just don't seem to be tackling the issue by streamlining it in any way. Getting out is slow and the facilities are not extensive. So even when you're leaving Brazil, it's, uh, again, a slow, cumbersome process. The airport itself is about 20 miles from the city, but that can take anything from 30 minutes on, say, a Sunday morning to a few hours to get there in the rush hour. That means that you need to build in a lot of time to get to the airport. It's very unpredictable. And you also have to accept that if you have many hours to kill at the airport, because you got there really quickly, you will not find a lot uh, at the airport to keep you occupied. The public transport networks of rail, buses and metro are not all that great, though the guidebooks claim that the metro system is good, but I didn't try that out, so you'll have to take their word and give it a go. But I do suspect that if the public transport system was reliable... So many people wouldn't be cramming into cars and taxis and shuffling their way through the city. They'd be zooming around on the metro and trains. My tip number three is about tours. Now, anyone who knows my usual tips will normally include a do-the-standard open-top bus tour around the city to familiarise yourself with the place and its history. These are great, and I'm a big fan of these. However, I was unable to find a regular multi-stop scheduled bus trip that runs continuously like most major tourist cities have. I had searched online before going and found a company that offered tours of the city for half a day, which seemed to be all they felt was needed to do to to get to do the city. But they didn't have a regular schedule and it was on demand. And so I thought instead it would be better to find one via the hotel concierge. Now, interestingly, the concierge was also unable to offer any kind of off-the-shelf tour and suggested an ad hoc guided tour as the best and again confirmed that a three or four hour tour, now even considering there's a lot of traffic in that, was all that was going to be needed to see kind of everything you needed to see. So if there are three or more of you, this is the most cost-effective option. But kind of finding a stand-off-the-shelf tour is not as easy as it seems. The fourth tip is about city views. Now, it seems that one of the most popular, most recommended sightseeing attractions, even the official Sao Paulo website has this as one of the top things to do, is to go and look at a view of the city especially at night. Now, I'm not sure if this is because there's not a lot of other tourist fare in the city as it's more of a commercial centre, but this was a very, very consistent recommendation. Now, probably the best place to go and see the city is from the Hotel Unique. Now, this is a very funky and very trendy hotel that was designed by Philippe Stark and looks a bit like a Noah's Ark from the outside shape-wise. Although it's not that many stories high based on its location, the views from the bar at the top are supposedly among the best in the city. It's also one of the hottest places to be seen and to see people, and it's busy 
any and every night of the week. There are also a number of other places to see views. I'm going to ruin this pronunciation, but like the Edivisio Italia, which the skyscraper's got some observation decks which are open to the public, so it's the Edivisio Italia and the Banespa building, B-A-N-E-S-P-A building, which also has an observation deck, but the Hotel Unique is the best. My fifth tip is about, I'm getting, probably going to ruin the pronunciation, is Ibirarapura Park, I-B-I-R-A-P-U-E-R-A Park. Now this is a lovely, lovely park. And although it's actually apparently only the third biggest in the city, Parque do Carmel is the biggest. It's the one most worth a visit, especially on the weekend, when it's like a magnet for locals, eager to get out into the open spaces to enjoy the sun. Now this is a huge park. It's near some of the large hotels like the Sofitel and Ramada and has a number of museums like the Oka and also the Ibrapura Auditorium, which is designed by the famous designer Oscar Niemeyer. It also has a planetarium, bike riding circuit, and nearby is the very lovely monument called Banaderanes, B-A-N-D-E-I-R-A-N-I-E-S. And there's even a, a Japanese garden in the park, by the way. So Ibrapura Park, well worth a visit. My sixth tip is about museums. Now, there are kind of, like in any big city, a number of museums, but the best museum to visit if you want to immerse yourself into the history and the culture is the Museum Paulista, P-A-U-L-I-S-T-A. Now, this museum was built in honor of the creation and development of Brazil, and so provides an amazing spectrum of exhibits on Brazil and the city. Now, I, I didn't allow myself much time to really appreciate what the museum has to offer. So make sure you do spend take enough time if you are going to visit the Museum Paulista to, to really go and view it. My seventh tip is about football or soccer, depending on whether you're US or, or from Europe. But this is what Brazil is about. Brazil is soccer, and you cannot really visit and experience Sao Paulo and Brazil without somehow ensuring you get exposed to soccer, ideally by attending a game. Now, if in doubt about how important soccer is to Brazilian, all you have to do is mention soccer to your taxi driver or, in fact, anyone you meet, and they will engage happily in lots of chat on the topic of soccer. They're not only passionate about their teams, but also uh, most of the major European clubs as well, where a number of Brazilians play. Now, the main club in Sao Paulo is, unsurprisingly, called the Sao Paulo Football Club. But there are around six main clubs all around the city with histories that stretch back to right back to kind of 1910. So soccer is the thing. My eighth tip is go all around the world in Sao Paulo. Now, with a huge diversity of population, the city is very rich in different cultures. And you can therefore see and experience these by visiting the different suburbs and areas where each tends to, to be concentrated. Now, this may be uh, a more interesting tour or, in fact, an addition to any driving tour you book because the driving tours that I mentioned earlier, they kind of take you around a very concentrated part of town. So this could be a good way of kind of extending that and getting more of a flavor. Now, you can ask your concierge for some advice, but the most popular areas to visit include Bella Vista, an Italian neighborhood, surprisingly by the name, Bella Vista, um, Liberdale, L-I-B-E-R-D-A-L-E, which is Japanese, and then there's areas around the 25 de Marco, which is more Arab-like. So just, you know, kind of look at those areas. You can look at my show notes and, and make notes if you're going and kind of just go out and explore them. There's lots, obviously, of restaurants and shops and all that kind of stuff based on those, those kind of uh, backgrounds. My ninth tip, which is, again, sort of building on that, is shopping. Now, I mentioned earlier how fashion and the like can be very expensive in Sao Paulo, but despite that, shopping is a big thing in Sao Paulo. People in Sao Paulo are very stylish and enjoy shopping. There are at least 
42 huge malls all around the city and many are worth visiting even just to admire the design, the style of the people strolling through them. There's a lot of style and be seen in Sao Paulo. Now what you might want to do is, is limit yourself to actually sitting at one of the many coffee or what they have which are quite interesting is coffee and chocolate cafes which are very nice. So you kind of uh, just sit and enjoy that. But there's 42 huge malls around, around the place. My tenth tip is about day trips to the beach or even to Rio. Now, Sao Paulo is just 70 kilometers from the coast. There's, there's modern highway systems to the port city of Santos or the beach resort of Guraja, G-U-A-R-U-J-A, or Santos, S-A-N-T-O-S. But if you really want a day at the beach, and instead of going to say Santos, and you want to see some exciting sightseeing, you can actually book a day trip to Rio and see the famous mountain, the statue, enjoy the beach, and be back home in the sort of mid to late evening. These trips can be fairly expensive, but there are a lot of them on offer. And so if you are in Sao Paulo for business, it seems a pity you know, like not to escape quickly just for a day and at least get a feeling for the exciting nearby Rio, which is the more tourist, is the more sexy of, of the city. So just to recap my tips for travellers to Sao Paulo, time to visit, glorious weather all year round, you know, 21 degrees in July, 28 degrees in January, February, most of the rain, November to February. February is the time when you have all the carnivals. Getting there, it's pretty easy to get there nowadays, but it does take a while to get through the airport and to the airport. So kind of build in that amount of time. Don't forget if you're from the US, you need a visa. Tours, you know, there's none of these, doesn't seem to be any of these open top, on off tours. So you really need to kind of book kind of a guided tour, which you can kind of extend a little bit. Um, by going to some of the other areas around and whatnot. City views is a big thing to do in the evenings with uh, Hotel Unique, the real place. I'm ruining this pronunciation. Ibura Pura Park, um, which is lovely. It's the third biggest. There's lots of stuff there. There's the planetarium, bike riding, Japanese gardens, all sorts of things. Best museum, tip number six, is the Museum Paulista, which is the history of Brazil. You've got to get involved in soccer or football, whichever you prefer to call it. When you're there, try and get to see a game. There are six main clubs. They're well worth seeing. Go around the world. Because of this very diverse population, you can actually get to go around with this kind of concentrated kind of cultural areas like Bella Vista Italian, Liberdale Japanese, or around the 25 de Marca for Arab. Shopping, 42 huge malls. And if you're going to Sao Paulo and that's your only trip to Brazil, seriously think about getting one of those day trips to Rio or at least get down to the port city of Santos or the beach resort of Guraja. So that's my tips for travellers with Sao Paulo. Happy travels. You've been listening to Tips for Travellers, the global travel destination podcast. A new destination with first-hand based advice, recommendations and tips is added each month. If you subscribe to the podcast, thanks for your support. If you don't, you may want to consider subscribing by searching Tips for Travellers or Gary Beveridge on iTunes or your favourite podcast directory. You can then subscribe to the Tips for Travellers Global Travel Destination audio podcast or the video podcast with hotel rooms and attractions. To find out more, visit tipsfortravellers.com where travellers is spelled the UK way with two L's or email me at gary at mytravelreviews.co.uk.